Hi. Hello. Hi. Right. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. How can you? Welcome to the Double L Show, where we mostly talk about random things. And this time it's a Water Road special thing that we probably never thought we'd ever talk about especially after the whatever you want to call it the reboot yeah so i'll i'll start with one question how did right. it come about your audition for the show so for the show it's actually a funny story i actually auditioned for the wrong part the first time <laughs> so they sent me a script out as just a general audition they were auditioning for Wortley road um I got quite excited for it because obviously I'd heard about it. And I auditioned for the character of Harley. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, it kind of went a completely different way. Um, but I, I remember I auditioned for Harley and they kind of like went through the audition. And then at the end, they were like, OK, so you do realise you auditioned for the wrong part. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, you were supposed to have Zach's lines. I was like, I didn't get anything. So in my mind, I was panicking. I'd messed up. That was it. That was the end. I'm not, I haven't got the role. I, like, it was a waste of time. And they were like, okay, uh, would you mind just reading for it? So I said, sure. Obviously, I was still panicking. They were like, okay, just take a couple minutes, have a read. And then whenever you're ready, we'll just, we'll go for it. So I was just kind of in full panic mode. And I just kind of read through it. And then I was like, okay let's go and then i read it and they said thank you very much and that was it so i came out the audition i was like god's sake like obviously it wasn't my fault but i was thinking mm -hmm. and then a couple of weeks went by and they were like yeah we want we want to call you back you've got an audition for zach and i was like okay zach this time fantastic so i learned the script went back i auditioned i can't remember what it was put, it was some episode lines in the show. I can't remember what they were. And I auditioned again for Zach this time. And then yeah, a couple of weeks went by and I, I got the role. So it was wow. it was kind of like a I, I can't describe it. It was just it was so weird. I thought I completely messed up and I don't know, maybe they, that's what they were looking for, just a completely terrified child, because that's what it was. I mean, it, technically, Zach was pretty terrified in it. Yeah. He just he was, was just, like... Yeah, he was afraid of everything. Yeah, and yeah. everyone, essentially. Maybe, they used to have yeah. him got a face like a bulldog. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh when he punched God, that yeah. kid in the face. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's just a menace. He's a menace <laughs> to society. <laughs> So I'm gonna get Lee to ask a question because I'm pretty sure we haven't even like conferred notes. You haven't, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna put down. Uh, what was it like um, having Alex Walkinshaw as your dad in the show? He was he was fantastic. We we had a great on screen. Well, I wouldn't say on screen. On screen relationship was. I don't think he was my dad. We never saw eye to eye, but off screen he he was fantastic. He. He taught me a few things and he was there to help me out. He could see when I was kind of nervous about things because it was my first ever job. It was my first acting job. So I, I was, you know, a, a boy in a man's world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So he was he was fantastic. He was really good. He's, he's really funny and he's really charming as well. So, yeah, I just, I don't think anyone else could have played the role quite like him. 
it, we should yeah. try and get them on. <laughs> yeah, one, one yeah. time, yeah. It's fantastic. I'll go back to mine. We should just do back and forth. Yeah, sure. Easier. My phone keeps locking every time. <laughs> How did you prepare to take on the character of Zach? Um, I didn't have any particular process in mind, only because I was still learning about acting at the time. I didn't really have like a method or technique. So it was just, I I just did what I thought was best at the time. I knew how to learn lines. I knew how to read scripts. So that was basically my preparation. I just learned the lines. I turned up and then every take, I'd be asking the director if it's okay. Was that good? Was it all right? And then my, it was, it was one, my mum and my dad, they pulled me to one side and they were like, you need to stop mm -hmm. asking. If they if it wasn't okay, they would tell oh. you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, fair point, fair point. Because it was, it, I, it was probably very annoying. But I just, I was so nervous, and I was so, I, I, I can't even describe it. It was just that would be maybe later nerve. on this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, it was just pure terror, and it was just I wanted to make sure, obviously, everything was okay. So I stopped asking, um, and I kind of picked up very quickly on. What was a good take and what was not a good take? Your turn again. <laughs> um, do you have like a favourite memory of being on the set of Waterloo Road? Um, I think that two spring to mind. One was when I first stepped onto the set. I think it, it's crazy. You do you do that thing where you'll see it on the TV. And then you walk and you're like, oh, my God, it's exactly like it is on the TV. Like, of course it would be. Why would they just change it? They wouldn't lie. But it's just, it's so surreal. It's it's weird seeing it on the TV and then all of a sudden you're there and you're part of it. So it's a very weird, funny feeling. So that was definitely one of the strongest memories I've got. And then the other one was, it was more offset moments just in general and one of the guys bought in his PlayStation one time. We were playing that. We didn't want to film because all we wanted to do was play on the PlayStation and have a laugh. And then there was a really warm day. Uh, the sun was shining. There was no clouds in the sky. So we were just kicking about football for every time they said, cut, right, we'll take a break. We just whizzed off and we just started playing football and kicking it about and having a laugh. So it was, it was a very nice, very nice. I had a great time. It was a very nice time. Were you a fan beforehand? Because I think we've talked about it at one point, and I think that mm. might have been like 2016 or 2017, like yeah. that long ago. It is long ago, yeah. Makes me feel so old. Now, I feel old as well. Yeah, well, I, I still class the 1970s as 30 years ago. That's just normal. It does feel like that. So <laughs> now... I still think that way. Yeah, yeah. It's nearly like 60 years ago, and I'm just like, oh, God. So, yeah, Um. Sorry, wait, what was the question? Oh, well, am I a fan? Was I a fan before? <laughs> um, I didn't really watch it before. Um, I'd kind of seen glimpses, but my parents were fans. They'd watched it since day one. They can remember all the old characters and they talked to me about it. And I'm like, I can't remember. And then they'll show me a pitch and I'm like, I, I remember you watching it, but I don't remember. I don't know anything about it. So my parents were big, big fans. And then when I got the job, they were, they were really happy. And because I was under 16, I had to have a chaperone. So they kind of fought sometimes to see who could take me and just to obviously be around the cast and the crew and the set. So 
yeah. But I am a fan. I am a fan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know why I have to prompt him. <laughs> it just feels right. Uh, uh, do you have a favourite character from the show? Copy it. <laughs> and if so, why? Are they favorite your favourite? Um, I loved Tom Clarkson. Same. He, he, to me, was the best teacher in Waterloo Road. I wish I had a teacher like him. Just because he didn't take any crap. He was real and... It wasn't those, he, he didn't just teach by the book. He taught and tried to help every student individually, which is a mammoth of a task because you get so many students every time in every hour of every class. But his character was amazing, especially the relationship with his son. I just thought he was such an awesome character and I wish I had a teacher like that in school because that probably would have made me learn more. I would have wanted to be there because it was, he said it how it is. And I love people like that. I think mm-hmm. there's, we need more of that in the world. Definitely. We I need mean, more it's Tom just, Clarkson's. Yes. It's yes. so sad though. Like the way he ended up leaving yeah. because he was helping a student. Like, sorry, but that Kyle staff did not deserve that much help. Oh, no. no, he did not. <laughs> so, like, no, I bawled my eyes out and my friends were mocking us. They kept mocking us to like, oh, look, look what I'm watching. And I was just crying my eyes out even more. And I was like, just stop. I'm like, how dare you? I'm like, you're supposed to be my friend and you're teasing us about it. I've been watching this since I wasn't even allowed to watch it. That was Wait, I was, I was like, come on, you, you've got to, you can't kill Tom. He's going to survive yeah. it. And then when his yeah. eyes shut, I was like, they've done it, haven't they? That's it. Yeah. I think that was like that was like the Game of Thrones esque death of the time. It was just that there was nothing like it. And then obviously when he did die, it was just like people can actually die in this show. It was it the was day a shock. though in the beginning there was a lot that died. I think it was like <laughs> two in one season, mm. if I'm not wrong, because it was like Lorna. Then it went Izzy, Izzy. within a yeah. few episodes. It was pretty tragic and dark. It was very dark back then. I was yeah. very dark. I mean, what was the death? It was um was it Chloe with the Earls? Oh she got no, shot. Maxine. Maxine. Oh Maxine, sorry, yeah, Maxine. Um she, yeah, that was that was brutal. I think that's when I started to watch it. Um, and this was way before I even got the role. I'd obviously started watching it and yeah, it was it was pretty intense. So I, I was a fan from then, but I never watched it since day one. Mm-hmm. But my parents remember all of it, so yeah, it's it's always been, it's always been such a good real show, and it just tells the story so well of not only teenager problems but adult problems, teacher problems, educational problems. It was just there wasn't a show like it, and I don't think there has been since. Yeah, I would. It definitely, like, sometimes it doesn't portray the reality, which kind of sucks. Or sometimes there's issues that they started deal with that actually never got, like, dealt with fully, which kind of sucked. It's like it was done in one episode, which isn't as realistic as it could be. I mean, there's potential to help a lot of people sometimes in storylines. And, yeah, it was a shame that they didn't deal with things more. I think for those kind of issues i think because it you can't just get over it in an episode or sometimes people never get over their issues so i think trying to put that in a show such as waterloo road i think it's it's difficult sometimes to 
tackle certain issues. So it, it depends. I think they deal with it well, but yeah, I, I agree. They could have dealt with it in other ways, but it's also a drama. So I think it's, yeah, they're balancing quite a lot on their plate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one thing that stands out for me is that, like, Carla was the first ever character that I'd seen who was autistic on TV. And actually, when you get your diagnosis, you're like, that's not me. And then you grow to realise that how inaccurate it was, like, and how much damage that can actually do. Because although there was a media theory that apparently got debunked because it's no longer relevant, which it clearly is relevant, people get the ideas from the media and people get ideas. It's just like that impacts people but sometimes in the wrong way they're like oh so you like this and yeah it's kind of a shame that they didn't put in as much research and the terms that was used and stuff were quite demeaning like there should have been a lot more support around that I mean there eventually was but it's just like what is this like that is not great but I'm, just, I'm not going to get into that because there's so much around that subject. My next question, who was your favourite student? Student? Ooh. Was this on my series or was this kind of in general of like my favourite watching or as a fan of the show? I have no idea. Should Any... do both. Okay, yeah, I'll, do, I'll both. do both. I think the, my favourite student um, in my series was Harley only because he was my off-screen kind of close friend at the time because we were a similar age he was a year or two older than I was so we, we kind of bonded over the same things of you know lad stuff and gaming and stuff like that and he bought a laptop which I thought was awesome he got his Waterloo Road paycheck and bought like a gaming laptop and I thought it was the best thing ever <laughs> so we used to sit and just play and I'd watch him and be like this is so cool I've never seen anything like it so that was probably for my, from my season, I'd say that was that was my favorite student. But for all the stuff, that there's a lot of good students. I loved, I love Finn Sharkey. He was, I liked his character development. It was he started as the bad lad, and then he became quite a respected student. I thought that was quite, quite awesome. I, I don't know who my favourite was. I definitely have people I love more than others, but I don't think I could choose a favourite. What about you guys? Oh, God. It's a tough question. I just wanted it to see is. what you come up with. Mm. Um, um, I would, I'll go. He can go first. <laughs> I would say favourites. Like, I would probably have to say, God, this is harder than I thought. Um <laughs> Dante Charles, go basic. I like his development over time and his uh, relationship with Chloe was one of the best moments in the series. Okay, so my turn. I would say Mika because she, like, in the early seasons, we've got to say, like, how damaging bullying is and they really took it so far mm. and to show that she wanted to overdose and she literally tried to kill herself because of it. And I felt like that was really powerful and just made her as a character so much like more relatable to people. Mm. But yeah. That moment has been stuck. I remember first watching it, watching it live. I I was like just in shock when, like, when the tablets were getting 
he was dragging them physically out of our mouth. I'm like, oh my god! Like, oh, I, I think I was about like twelve. I hadn't seen anything like that before on TV. Yeah, I was pretty. <laughs> I don't even know how to even describe it, but it's scary, powerful stuff. as well. Yeah, yeah, very, very. Okay, isn't it my? It's. I think it's my question next. Um, I think so. Okay, who was the best head teacher? Okay, I can only go on what I know. I loved Rachel. Top to your answer. Yes. I think she was the best head. Not only because, obviously, I feel like she was... She, I remember a lot of her stuff. She had so much going on, but you could tell that she was for the school. She would live, breathe, and die by the school. She was so... Again, she was so real as well. She dealt with situations in kind of similar ways to that I would now. And it's hard, like running a school, especially a school like Waterloo Road was, the students, are just it's just chaos. But yet she was just there every day trying to do her best. And I think the way she got through to some of the kids as well was like, she deserved an award, at least a medal, something, because she... She really had a work cut out for her. Yeah, I feel like that was the I, only I, right I answer. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there I mean, wasn't really another. Yeah, no, there've been there've been others, but I don't know. She just I I I can literally only think of her because I loved her as the head teacher. Um, I was devastated when it was like, oh, she's not coming. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like that. That was just so tragic. The transition yeah. as well, because you're like, so who's next? Like, I was, who was hoping. Next? I was hoping that I'd get her in the next season, and obviously she didn't come in. And I was like, oh great, okay, right, okay. And then obviously it was kind of jumping from season six to when she was in it to season seven. It was, it felt like a a rebrand of the of the Waterloo Road School and the Waterloo Road badge. It moved away from certain issues and made new ones and the characters were completely different. I, th I feel like it moved forward with the times pretty well, um, the way they dealt with some of the issues. they, I feel like it wasn't talked about at the time. So I feel like what when they made these episodes, but looking back now, it's like, oh my God, how did they not see that? How can they not deal with that? But I think back in the time, it wasn't talked about like it is now. Mm. So they can only go on what they've got. So I think for the time, they, they dealt with the issue as it probably could have been in, at that time should have been. But now, the way mental health is talked about and sexuality and orientation and everything that is going on at the moment, it's I feel like they dealt with it as best they could at the time. Mm -hmm. But Waterloo Road, I think, has always been, it's always been around the time of whatever's going on in the world. So it moved forward with the times, but it didn't do it in a in a pushy way. It was yeah. just, well, this is what happens in school, so let's tell this story, or these stories, rather. Mm -hmm. So that's, just, that's personally what I think. Though. Yeah, just like what I wish was like, 
someone actually put in the research to what autism because Asperger's doesn't exist because it's a Nazi term so yeah. they're totally like it's gone completely but if they'd done a bit research they would have seen like the way things actually are but yeah. a lot of people just skip over research sometimes I mean me and Lee like we dedicate ourselves like we full-on will research a topic until it's in our brains forever but... yeah I've literally spent hours looking stuff up to make sure everything is as realistic as possible. Mm. Your nice. question um, now. <laughs> let's see. I'll go with, do you have a favourite series? Oh my God, that was my next one. Series <laughs> ever? Or favourite like Waterloo Road? Favourite Waterloo Road series. Like, if you had to watch one every day for a month, full series, which sure. one would you choose? Um, Sorry, something weird just happened. I <laughs> don't know the timeline. It's either five or six. Five or six for me. Those are the ones I remember the most. I can't remember what season four was. It it was kind of when the Earls were there. I don't know if that was season four or yeah, five. Series four was when four. they were introduced. Right, okay. Okay, yeah, I changed five my answer. John Foster's. Right, okay, I'll oh, change yeah. my answer. Four. I, purely because I love... I love that storyline um, and the storyline of she was going to die, she had cancer, broke me. I was like, this, I don't know if this is okay. Like, I don't know if it, it's the fact that she just accepted it. I was just, I'd never seen anyone react that way before. Whenever I'd heard the term, it was always, you go on chemo, you get better, you're fine, you're okay. And then she just turned around. She was like, well, no, I'll just, this is how I'm going. So season four, or yeah, I'd, I'd see series, season four, maybe season five. But I, I love the Earl storyline. I thought each and every character in that family was so well-written. Um, and I love the mum as well. Trying to juggle all them kids. Obviously, Earl was uh, Earl Kelly was probably the worst character on Waterloo Road. Not in terms of performance, just he was awful. He was just he was literally evil. He was out to just cause harm and pain. So yeah, season yeah, four. it was kind that of was... like the modern version of Lewis Seddon in a way. I would say I think more evil. Yeah, I definitely don't think Lewis more Seddon evil. would have bought a gun to school and. Would he would have shot his ex or something? I don't think Lewis would have done that. No, probably not. I mean, his ex was Maxine, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's true. Um, what's the next? What is your go-to episode? You know what? I haven't actually watched it since I was in it. <laughs> I watched. Everyone talks about rewatching it, and I've not rewatched it. I watched from season four onwards that was when I got into it and I thought it was really good and then obviously I got the role and I watched my episodes as they were coming out and I've never re-watched them but one episode that springs to mind is where to go back to it Earl brought the gun to school that was the first episode of the or was season. it and yeah. then yeah. and then Reese as well got what was it where he was Denzel. hiding in the locker with the gun yeah that was so Denzel, bad. yeah yeah. yeah, sorry, Denzel. I'm, I'm talking uh, real yeah. names now. Yeah, Denzel, <laughs> Denzel, yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, where he was hiding and obviously he was so young as well. It was because I met him when he was a bit older and all, mm. all I'd ever heard was his unbroken boy voice. And then I met him and he was like, you're right. My name is Reese. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of funny, but that, that episode was amazing. Really? Definitely. Like I remember it so well. I remember the first time, like I remember it so, like when I first saw it on TV, because it was the first time I ever heard the script break even. And that's what made it so memorable because sometimes when you put certain songs to like certain moments, you're like, wow, damn, this makes it powerful. And that's why I remember that episode so well. I don't know why, but yeah. Just think, I've, I've never seen like a a gun in a school, like ever. Whenever we were talking about like, when I was in school and it was like, keep yourself safe, don't talk to strangers and all that. And it was like, here are some of the kind of weapons you might see. And it was, you know, it was the typical, there were knives, there were like pipes and whatnot. Never a gun. Mm-hmm. So to see that on TV, it was like, this guy is a lunatic. Like, he's going to kill people. He's going to go on a rampage. Like, it was just, there was, again, nothing like it at the time. So I was just, I I really got into that then. And I was, yeah. I'd, I'd have to say, if I had to rewatch an episode, I'll cheat because it's kind of two, it crosses over. Yeah. And then you find out what happened. So I'll <laughs> say, I'll say those two of when he brought mm-hmm. the gun. That was so shocking at the time mm-hmm. oh yeah i, I was really. shocked when they did the fake away they made you think he had shot don't he but yes. he had hit the ceiling yeah and he's staggering out i'm thinking oh no but he just cut himself yeah i mean now whenever i see cutaways it, I, i've kind of gotten used to it i think it was kind of that era of nobody'd really died in shows films had deaths all the time but in tv shows it was Everything was fine. Nobody was, it's like everyone was just immortal. Nobody could die. Nobody could get hurt, really. You know, they were like the fatal, like somebody got hit with a car and that was dramatic. But yeah, I think when you bring in such a thing that can obviously really harm people or even worse, kill people, that really ramps up the drama. So they did They did a very good job. So yeah, I'll watch those two again. Yeah. Your turn for another question. So, I'll go down. If you had to go back and influence <coughs> a storyline you had, what kind of storyline would you have liked to see your character have? Ooh, that's a good question. Really, it is. Yeah, only because I've I've genuinely thought about this, and as I'm older now, I've kind of. I haven't necessarily matured. I'm still very mature, but I've grown up. You know, I yeah. I didn't have a beard before. I wasn't six foot tall back then. I was I was so tiny and my voice wasn't broken. So I was watching some of that back was. It's like watching videos of when you were a kid, which I was. So I think. I think now would be a different answer to back then. I think back then, if you'd have said, here's a storyline, I would have been like a little puppy going, yeah, it's fine, whatever you want. But now, now I'm a bit older. I think if I was to rewrite a storyline or write a storyline for Zach. um, See, personally, I don't like the, I don't think my dad was my dad's storyline. I thought, 
I don't know. It, it it just seemed like it was thrown in there to give the character a bit of something. Yeah, like they didn't know what to do for him essentially. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was it was kind of like it was a bit of a weak storyline. I I kind of would have liked to have seen him maybe go into the bad crowd, mix with the wrong people and see where he's at. And then the real family problems could have started. You know, he could have drank at school or started smoking or he did drugs or something and then watches watches the character kind of goes a bit mad as because he, he the whole identity thing would have been more interesting there was a real thing at stake as opposed to just i don't think my dad's my dad uh you know i'll do a dna test on him kind of thing so maybe maybe a storyline like that or maybe a storyline where zach his writing actually got him somewhere to then see the parents' reaction of, oh, I'm proud of you, mate. And I'd be like, well, I've never heard that before from my dad. So uh, maybe, maybe something like that. Yeah, that's something a like really that. good idea. Like, a good one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people won't know why you couldn't actually go to Scotland and continue, but I know you've told me in the past. Yeah. So you explain that one. We've got the platform now. So I was not of age to go to Scotland. Because when, when you're dealing with, um, it's people under 16 years old. Yeah, we know that now. From yeah. yeah, they have to be chaperoned. They have to be able to, because obviously I'd be in Scotland, I'd have to go live there. And mm -hmm. essentially still a minor, so I can't go off on my own. I was so begging to go because I really wanted to continue. I was like, please let me go. Like, I'll, I'll lie, I'll say I'm 17 and... I was trying to like think of everything I could to obviously go. And they said, unfortunately, you can't go because you're not old enough. And the worst part was I finished in November. And then in January, I was 16. Oh, so if it was so a little sad. bit longer, I probably got like I probably could have gone to Scotland and done the last series. Yeah, he, he literally could have just not been in a few episodes or something like yeah, that. And then, yeah, I mean, like... they weren't filming around then, but. I think it was just for legal reasons and for, I mean, TV productions are hard enough to get off the ground anyway. Yeah, we know and they were that. having to move yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. They were having to move their whole location, everyone. They had to pay the actors to obviously travel down there and live and just, yeah. So that's why I think a lot of the characters didn't go. It just, it was probably easier to start again. And everyone that I spoke to said, oh, it was a rubbish season. It wasn't Waterloo moved to Scotland. Uh, they wouldn't have moved if they didn't have to. And Waterloo Road may or may not still have been going on for a few more seasons. But yeah, they just, the government wanted to demolish the building. They didn't have the budget to keep it. So they had to think on their feet and move on. Yeah, it's quite a shame, really, because you just like when you think of it, you think of that set. You don't really think of Scotland. Although I did go to the Scotland set, I've got photos of it. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah I still would have preferred the one in yeah. Manchester because that's that's where the history. Like I remember crying when I saw it was getting demolished. Like I saw photos as it was happening, and I was just devastated as a fan. I haven't even was. been. I don't know what's there now. I don't know. House in a state. Everything, all of it's Warren. been built on. It could have been something interesting. I don't know. They should have just named it Waterloo Road. 
<laughs> yeah, literally. Yes. Cut out. Literally. Imagine just that being was... like, I am living on TV history ground. Yeah. I'm here. Then now it doesn't exist. I know. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a shame, but unfortunately, it's all about money and business and corporate and boring stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, the next questions I have are to more to do with like your acting career, so I don't know if sure. it has any to do with water to the reboot because technically, yeah. although there was like there's no water road anymore, technically there is. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So me and Lee, like, I woke up at I think it was six o'clock that morning, and it just happened to be dropped at that exact time. And I binge watched it the entire day till the point I was going crazy on the night because I couldn't stop thinking about it. But it is something else, like where it's the original dealt with issues in not a pushy way. Like it was so forced, and some of it was so inaccurate for the times as well. They're like ADHD. Oh, you'll probably get a diagnosis in like. A a few weeks more like seven years like a little research would have told them that because i'll probably end up on that waiting list as well but yeah <laughs> it's kind of like it just felt so forced within the first minute they're talking about like people putting racist across like the building and stuff and you're like what is going on here mm -hmm. like it's very now, but I felt like it was forced. It just felt like they were doing it because they had to, in a way, not because yeah. they wanted to. I think now it, it kind of annoys me as well. You, I feel like art is separate from the world. Art is escapism. Stories, gaming, music, podcasts, everything. It's all about escapism. So I think to put such real world elements into a show. I don't think most of them work. I think you can have kind of a general storyline of them, but I think, I think it's too recent to talk about like, to, cause I, I watched some of it. I haven't watched the series cause I, I didn't like it. I didn't like how pushy it was. And I was like, well, this isn't, this is just an excuse to, I feel like it's lazy writing. They don't. They they haven't thought about any of the storylines. It's just well, what's happening in the world? Oh, okay, we're tearing down statues because of racism. Cool, we'll put that in. There's no, there's no thought. It's become. You could just cl like class it as a documentary about a school now, because that's what it feels like. So I th I think sometimes, in fact, all of the time, I feel like art should be separate. I think you can touch upon certain subjects. Of course, you can. That's what art is all about. It's all about expression and being who you want to be and doing what you want to do. But I think keep it separate from... I Keep it separate from the way they've done it. Yeah, it like, if, yeah. like if you've done it, say, subtly and stuff like that, that it's yeah. just like, it's not pushed upon you. And like it fits with like the narrative of things and like explains like... In mine, I'll probably not even allow give anything away, but whatever. Yeah. Um, you've read it anyway, so where a certain character reveals why she's been acting a certain way and stuff like that, and it's like heartbreaking in a way because you're like, wow, that actually makes sense of why that character's been the way they have been and why they changed so dramatically. And I feel like in that way, it's completely fine to discuss like certain things. But if it's just been like, oh, yeah, so this happened oh, and this is happening here and just, just throwing I, it I out agree. there so everyone yeah. knows. 
one episode that springs to mind in Waterloo Road, I thought they dealt with it in a really good way. Was uh, was it Matt, where he he didn't feel like he was a boy, he felt like he was a girl. I know the I know the one you want to build. Yeah. yeah, was it Matt? I be- he he had the he had on his he, I don't think he had a tie did he, he had a like a pin brooch on his collar yeah, yeah. and it it won a I think yeah it won I remember that one I'm just like thinking award or something yeah I think that that issue that wasn't forced at all mm-hmm. it was done in a really good way because at the time I didn't know. I didn't know about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't think anyone really did. It was brand new, but it it wasn't uh, in your face. It was it, essentially it was like a bullying storyline. He he was different to everyone else. He got bullied, and that's unfortunately the way I feel like every school kid goes through that. If you don't fit into the norm, you're an outcast. You're a loser. You're a misfit. Whatever. So I think they dealt with it in a really nice way because it seemed to be very fresh at the time i'd never heard anything about it i was i was almost it it was i feel like it was written in such a way that i was confused but not because of my own personal agenda it was a case of like what is going on i don't understand this and i think it was so well written in that way because the audience reacted that way and so did the students, even some of the teachers. When he stood up on the stage and he said, so this is who I am. I'm, a, I'm not hiding it anymore. I'm not a boy. I'm a girl. And every the reactions were, I feel like it was spot on. It was silence. Nobody knew what to say. Nobody knew what to think. And I think that's when Water the Road was at its best. Yeah. When, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's personally what I think. And then having watched the new one, like you said, within the first episode, I watched five minutes and I was like, I'm not watching a drama anymore. I'm literally just watching. You could put Waterloo Road episodes on TikTok now. It's just a woke woke thing. And I don't like that. So I, I haven't watched the rest of the series. I have no interest in it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like I can be engaged. And it's not about subjects that don't matter to me or I'm not part of a certain crowd, so I can't watch it. I, f- for me, I always love stories. Stories I can sit down and whether they deal with real, like real issues or not, I enjoy getting lost in a story, following these characters. What are they going to do next? Where are they going? What's their journey? What's their character arc? That to me is what what attracts me about a program or a film or a book, a game, whatever, a podcast, for instance. I want to hear about the stories, the content, the people. So I I don't I don't think what the road has captured that at all. Yeah, it's like the very life aspect all... of school in a way. I would say yeah. it's like yeah. the glorified what school's about in a way like saying everybody loves to go to school but the truth is in reality people don't i think most people don't want to go to school yeah Yeah. most people are miserable they don't want to go to school i hated school i hated school i got bullied i got called names i got insulted i didn't really have any friends i 
floated about with people that, you know, I, I don't speak to anyone from school. Pretty Those people, that I, you know, I yeah, it's just, I, I, I feel like what the old Waterloo Road captured well was individuality. Mm. Every single character that was written was a character in its own. It was a three-dimensional character. Whereas these ones just feel like I could pick them out of any TikTok video I see. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, I don't know how to describe it. Standout, I would say, like unique. They're yeah. kind of like carbon yeah. copies of each other. Literally, yeah. That's a perfect way of saying it. They are carbon copies. Yeah. I think. Finally, yeah, I get the right words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Standout, that's another way. There's, there's no standing out. It's just they're all now blending. They're, they're the same, yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, they've captured that quite well in the world because now everyone wants to be the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been it from the get-go. Every everyone just wants to fit in. Nobody wants to feel like an outcast. Yeah. But I think the beautiful thing about people is that we're all different. Yeah, like why yeah. do people want to be the same? Like I remember in my school, like. There was like 150 something in the year and 90% of the year were popular. And mm. over time, it got bigger and bigger because they kind of converted people into their clan. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. they'd make you feel so insecure that you weren't like this perfect person and you weren't like them. But like, why would I want to be like you anyway? Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing my own path. What is the issue with that? What is the issue if other people want to do what they want? Like, it doesn't exactly. affect them. Exactly. I think my philosophy is if you're not hurting people, do what you want. Say what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not insulting people and you're not hating on people and hurting people, do what you want. Yeah, that's the best way to live. Absolutely. I don't think any of the greats either. Like Van Gogh didn't wake up and go, well, I'm not like everyone else. He did his own thing. He did his own thing painted amazing beautiful pieces and now he's loved for it mm-hmm. definitely yeah. it's always like the unique like you look at the people around you and like all the ones who were mostly appreciated throughout history they just like did their own thing and that's why they're loved and that's why they're kind of timeless in a way they're just absolute, absolute classics that can't be replicated they would have stood out in their own periods for being unique to themselves even yeah. if we, if they were classed as like say weird and stuff like that like bowie bowie is like a legend and lives yeah. on like he just is i mean in terms of the the way things are he would have been a weirdo mm-hmm. and that's the best thing about david bowie he was a weirdo but that's yeah. what made him cool and that's what made him david bowie like he yeah. was just he was awesome mm-hmm. and I love the way he talks about art and expressing yourself and just basically doing what you want to do, you know, forget everyone who hates you and whatever, let people hate you. That's just more publicity for you. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's great. But yeah, I think, I think just be weird, stand out. It's great. So I've got to go on to the questions that Sorry, are right yeah. at the bottom. Yeah, it's all right. All no, like, because that's important stuff. Could talk all day. <laughs> what is your best advice for new actors? Um, don't. <laughs> 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 I, I joke about it and I always say, do you want to be happy or do you want to be an actor? You can't have both unless you're 
the A-listers. But in all seriousness, I think for actors, um, I can, I'm still figuring it out now. I, I've got accustomed to, I, I can learn lines quick now because I've got my process and I've got techniques, but I'd say one of the biggest things that's kind of helped me, I'd say, right, right. Mm -hmm. Even if it's the worst script in the world, just write. Yeah, because write you can develop your own characters in a way you want. Because obviously you get a script and the character's kind of told to you and you fit in the boots. You get given the shoes and you just have to wear them. Whereas if you write the script, you get to make the shoes. You get to, to decide whose shoe fits who. So I'd say, I'd say write scripts, maybe make your own work. That can be a good way of getting into things. Um, don't place all your eggs in one basket as well. I did that for a very long time and I'm kind of suffering for it now where I only pursued acting. And I'm, what, 12 years in and I'm still figuring stuff out. So find passions and hobbies and things you like because trying to wait for that one audition or trying to wait for that one opportunity can can put you in a really bad mental space. You need to flourish in things. Keep your mind active, do some reading, do some research, look at opportunities. I'd say network as well. It's all about who you know. It's not That's about what true. you know, but who you know. Good point. Um, and if you can build up a strong network. I mean, I could I could sit here and give advice for hours, but mm -hmm. I think just figure out what kind of actor you are. Mm -hmm. You might be into specifically a comedy actor, or you might want to be in an actor who only does classical. I'd just say find out, in order to find out what kind of actor you are, you need to find out what kind of person you are. Because you inject some of yourself into the characters. I don't believe in method acting. I think it's a pretentious way of thinking you know what you're doing when in reality you don't. Nobody can fully become the character. Mm -hmm. You become a version of the character you think is best. That's, that's why we hold auditions. A million and one people will be auditioning for the same role but only one person will get it because they've shown the right things Literally and they've us. presented it in a way that makes you go, that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. You're playing a guessing game. You just have to hope that you're getting the things that the casting director wants you to get. Yeah, like for yeah. example, like we held auditions in December and like there was so many people that day, but like you knew, you just know, like you just, we we knew like straight away when the person just spoke like they just took it on and they took it on in another level completely and, and that's what's another, special yeah and another thing is uh get the character's name right because i don't know how many versions of maya i heard that day oh i i literally straight away i was like well this is maya so somebody called her mayo at one point mayo all right yeah. okay fair enough is she saucy? Is she like zesty <laughs> or spicy or something? Or I don't know. Um, yeah, you said a really good point then. Oh, I can't remember what you said. I was gonna 
bring another point upon it. <laughs> I can't remember. But oh, you just about you just know. Oh no, it wasn't that. I can't remember. Maybe it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I'm gonna get these ones out of the way. But you've kind of answered the next question already, and it was a really like this is probably the best question I've ever came up with. Do you think it's better to create opportunities? like for yourself or wait for one to arise but you've kind of already answered that yeah, yeah well I, I can kind of expand upon it yeah I think I think both do do both um waiting for an audition is great and if you've got an agency if you're lucky enough to get one that's fantastic because they can get you opportunities that you won't be able to get that's the good thing about an agency but at the same time you are waiting for that one opportunity or those few opportunities that may or may not lead to work. So I think if you can create your own work, I feel like I've become a better actor learning about industry sayings or the crew's job. Um, I'm not a master in editing or lighting or sound, but I know enough that it can kind of give me a new perspective. So when they're talking about certain shots, maybe I could suggest something that allows me to help them out. Or it can even better make my performance better because I know what they're going for. And even though it's a very technical mindset, I've still, I can still do my job because I know my lines, I show up and I've, I've got my techniques or whatever you want to call them. So both, if you can do both, then definitely do both. Get yourself a team. And you don't even need to release it at the start. Just make content and just keep it to yourself. And then maybe ask somebody to review it and they can say, okay, it was good or bad, or here's what was good. Here's what was bad. So I think just be creative and just create opportunities, make opportunities, look for opportunities. And then you're not just sat around waiting. Yeah, and that's what I've learned. I've been in over a decade and I'm only now just realizing the power I could have by doing my own things mm -hmm. the last question of mine because I wrote quite a bit who would okay. you say inspires you oh like in life or yeah. acting in life Both? okay I don't know anything. um mine changes all the time I don't have anybody that I can go yes that man or that woman has inspired me for everything I think I'm always inspired when I'm looking for something specific which sounds ridiculous because I'm like I'm really feeling unmotivated and I'm not feeling creative today and then I'll find something that's motivating and creative and that will inspire me or sometimes I'll get inspired by things I wasn't I didn't know I was looking for mine can come from anywhere music's a big thing for me i i write to a lot of music i can look look at characters from different point of views with music um but uh, my inspiration can come from anywhere which is kind of cool because i never know where it's going to come from next that's what i love about stuff because i i used to have like set inspirations of like this is the person I want to be like, but now I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to go off the floor in life. Like, mm. It's so much easier. And it's more exciting as well, because you don't know what kind of person you're going to be tomorrow. 
move borderline personality disorder. <laughs> Sometimes literally or metaphorically, yeah. No, honestly, that's chaos, but yeah. I was like the funniest thing I've came out with in a while. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, mine, mine can come from anywhere. I know that's kind of, of a cop-out answer, but I'd say, okay, a, a big one for me at the moment is because I'm I'm kind of looking for that. Jordan Peterson has been a big inspiration for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I I'm very stuck doing the same thing every day. And even though I may know what he's talking about or I'm I already know this, it's kind of refreshing to hear what he has to say. Or he puts it on a, a different perspective. So at the moment that's one person that's really inspired me. At the moment, so Lee, have yeah. you got any other questions? Um, kind of pick up one name um, going to the acting thing. Um, growing up, was there one actor you used to kind of admire and be like, Oh, I really wish I could be like him? Yeah, it's controversial now because of what's happened, but my inspiration growing up was Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, I thought when when he was at his his 90s, early 2000s peak and you know a bit into like 2010 yeah like obviously he's gone downhill because of everything that's gone on but as an actor separating the person from the art the what he's created his career was so admirable like I Am Legend was one of my favorite films for a while I just love that um and to see him practically do everything on his own he didn't have anyone to act against. He was practically doing monologues all the time. And obviously the zombies weren't there because it was all CGI. So, mm-hmm. you know, to see his performance in that was awesome. And I loved iRobot as well. I thought he had such range when he was younger. So that that was a person I loved when, when I was growing up. Now it's probably more like James McAvoy. I Everything I see him, or Gary Oldman, he's such a chameleon. I didn't realize Gary Oldman was serious black for the longest time. Cause obviously I didn't read the credits when I was younger. I watched the film and I was like, that was so good. And then I'd move on. And then I'd realize it was Gary Oldman. I was like, man, this guy can do anything. So I'd say more so now James McAvoy, his range is incredible. And Gary, Oldman. if I could have or amount to half of what they've accomplished, that's, I'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. Does he have any more questions? Because I think I'm That's all out, and then we can just have like a full on conversation about random stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, sounds good to yeah. me. I love talking. Me too. <laughs> right. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> yeah. I saw the You got any other questions then, Lee? I don't know. Do you? Okay. So that was the double L show. I hope you enjoy.